Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of backdashrow.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. This is an episode in the feed of Cream of the Crud, the sub-podcast where Carlo and I talk about what we've been watching, news of notable releases, movies we've screened, and much more. It's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. My name is Dan Gorman. Of course, as always, Carlos here. How's it going, eh? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> little hoser action there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not doing <laughs> hoser horror, but I don't know. I like that greeting. <laughs> I, yeah. I like that movie a lot, so, you know. I know. <laughs> Feels and good to say. <laughs> it's good to, I love leaning into it. I, yeah. I have to, like, stop myself from writing oot in <laughs> tweets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Check same. it out. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> Always when I see oot, I think, like, Ocarina of Time? Because oh. <laughs> in my mind, like growing up, Ocarina of Time, that was always like the abbreviation OOT. Mm-hmm. Oot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, well, as we always do on this show, we generally start in the Crud Buddies corner, which is where we discuss something that we've screened recently and why, or discuss what movies we're going to be screening in the future. So head on over to crudbuddies.club. And you can check out where we host movie screenings on the weekend, Sunday mornings. We have a Discord server you can join to talk about movies and whatever else you fancy. So uh, Mm. it's been two since we've screened two movies, I think, since we last recorded. Yeah, I think so. Uh, We did The Rage and Kung Fu Zombie. Yeah. Yeah, Was there any one of those that you particularly wanted to bring up? Uh, I didn't pay a ton of attention during Kung Fu Zombie. Uh, I did watch The Rage, like start to finish. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Uh, yeah. Took, a, took a, another chance on uh, a, a later career Sydney J. Fury action movie. Totally. And yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, Gary Busey just, I mean, he's always unhinged in everything <laughs> he shows up in. And yeah, it, it, it delivered on that front. Uh, yeah, it did. It, and and it's a kind of a back to backer for uh, Sydney J. Fury with mm-hmm. Hollow Point with Hollow and the Rage, Point, yeah. and they're just super silly and fun. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Rage has some insane stunts. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a bit more dour, I, I I'd say, like compared yeah. to Hollow Point. Hollow Point is definitely yeah, like all out, not all out goofy, but the tone is a bit lighter. Yeah, uh, than the Rage, but they're both like surprisingly entertaining for movies that no one ever talks about (laughs) totally it's very forgotten i feel yeah and uh kung fu zombie 1981 i Mm. i understand what you mean about the the attention level because i paid attention to the whole thing but i definitely found myself kind of fading in and out but at the same time Mm. it it is just you know like 90 minutes of of ridiculous three stooges kung fu (laughs) you know kind of humor you have to be on a wavelength to enjoy those like a lot of like especially like the kitchen sink like uh like there's more cheap productions made in taiwan so i'm always inclined to say like the kitchen sink taiwan kung mm. fuish movies they're like uh you will have a hard time explaining the plot to anyone just because yeah. you just, like fail to register what was there because it's all <laughs> very like okay now we're doing this and it's on to the next and there's no real script. They just have a couple yeah. of scenes in mind, I guess. It's sort of like a, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's very stream of conscious <laughs> filmmaking. <laughs> and, yeah. and if you're on, on, on that wavelength, that's super cool. There's some really cool stuff there. Uh, like lately I'm, I'm not very much on, uh, in the mood for that kind of thing, even though I love it. So like I've, I've, like a couple of years ago, there's uh, 
a long stretch of uh, time where there was nothing else I wanted to watch. So <laughs> I, I still love it. And, uh, and probably like I have that uh, Gold Ninja uh, video Blu-ray of Kung Fu Zombie. So I'll, I'll probably like get around to it when I'm yeah. like, in the proper mood and then watch it like uh, more intently than I did during the streaming. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the plot was like, I, I yeah, like you're saying, like I can remember like Somebody went to prison, like a, a like priest really came vaguely, and made yeah. a zombie uh-huh. or something, and someone died, and then there was a father thing going on. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. It's very <laughs> like a kid explaining a movie, like, and then this happened, and then that <laughs> happened, and then... Totally. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is, so there's <laughs> not a lot more to it, but yeah, yeah. there's a sort of joy to that, like the like a purity. Um, totally. To that kind of filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. And so if you like those kinds of movies like those two, you can check us out. Credbuddies.club. Uh, we'll be screening things like Equinox 1970, Demon Island 2002, uh, Abbey 1974 into October. So mm-hmm. go join it. Join the discord. And yeah, that's I, the. I feel like whenever you mention uh, the Demon Island movie, you're sort of like burying the lead because <laughs> it has a different title, which is called. Uh, piñata survival island yeah it's about a killer piñata i know <laughs> so you know <laughs> i i'm Show not up. gonna be able to be there for that screen i know you said and i'm yeah. still bummed yeah, yeah i'll have to watch it afterwards mm-hmm. yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> sort of looking forward to that it looks like a piece of shit but yeah. in, in a good way you know like uh, that's a compliment <laughs> totally totally mm. i'm curious um <laughs> All right, so into right into our next segment, let's take some calls from the public. If if you are somebody who wants to give us something to discuss, a prompt, a topic, mm-hmm. if you want us to talk about certain movies, if you have questions, you can do that. You can join the Discord at credbuddies.club. You can find us on Twitter at YCKMD underscore and psychopike. Uh, or no, you're Carlo. Go Carlo. Mm, yes, yes. Psychopike is just my tweet, box. Yeah, tweet right at us. It's in the in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Will be our our Twitter. So, yeah, you can do that. And three people did this week. Nice. The, the first, I think, uh, that we can talk about. Of we have two that are very quick, and then one that's a bit more of a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's get go. the two quick ones. Um, so scope dog millionaire from discord wants to know if there are any theater experiences where it was like only clicking for us and we could tell that like in theater that was happening. Yeah. Um, and the first thing that came to my mind was when my friends and I went and saw office space in theater okay, yeah. when it came out. Um, there's like a scene where the one character who just gets like repeatedly uh, shit on the whole movie uh-huh. is backing out of the driveway in his truck and gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And my friends and I thought that was like the funniest thing in the world. And we laughed like so hard and literally <laughs> nobody like everybody else was treating it like it was a drama. Like they could not believe this guy just got <laughs> like demolished uh-huh. by a car. Yeah. And that was kind of it for the whole movie. Like we were all thinking uh-huh. it was super funny and no one else in the theater was laughing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like, uh, whoever you're going to ask that question to, like, I feel like a comedy is going to come up Yeah, regardless because comedy is so subjective and like, you're never going to get the entire, uh, theater laughing. Yeah. It's impossible. Like it's just like, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it doesn't happen really. And yeah, for me as well, like I remember when we went to see like with a pretty big group, like of like, I don't know, like 10, 15 friends or like not like really close friends with all people who knew each other, who hang, who, who hung around the same place. Um, we went to see the South Park movie uh, <laughs> when it came out. And it, like, I don't know, we were like all on the right wavelength for like a, a stupid comedy. And it, it just, yeah, we, we were just like laughing our asses off and everyone else in the theater, like I don't, <laughs> it wasn't like a packed theater, but still you could tell that our entire like row of like 10, 15 people were just like on the ground rolling tears in their eyes uh, laughing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's like the, the one that comes to mind when, uh, yeah, totally. for, as for movies that that clicked for me at the time, like I don't know how funny I would find it now. Like probably <laughs> very <laughs> different, but at the time it was yeah, yeah, very I, divisive. I, think I, had, I feel. 
Yeah, I had kind of a similar thing, less of a big scale. But when my friends and I went and saw Hot Fuzz, I remember there mm. being like a a divide in the group of people that went to see it, and like a like three of us were like, "That was so funny." Oh, like, then, oh, like uh, within your own group, you mean? Yeah. Oh, and okay. Then, and and like you could kind of tell like the some of the people we were with were just not laughing at a mm-hmm. single thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like at the end like, you, "What? You didn't think it was funny? What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I used to go to movies a lot with my friends. Um, and I had like two friends and like we got along, but when it came to movies, like one of them was a bit more of a movie snob, I'd say. And the other one was just like, you know, mm. the kind of guy who just likes Rocky mu- uh, movies and Fast and Furious. Um, and, and they would get into like some pretty fierce, fierce arguments over movies, like uh basically accusing each other of things like going over the over their heads or oh, wow. them not getting the movie like during like uh, we got breaks uh, over here in Belgium like I don't know how it is in every other place but we mm. always have like a break uh, midway the movie of like 10 ish minutes and they would just get in like really heated arguments during that break <laughs> when the lights went on and I mean there's other people there and I was like yeah yeah, some pretty awkward moments where it's like, Jesus, guys, it's it's a movie. Calm down. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, th- those are some of our theater experiences. If you have your own, let us know. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> we also got another request to just talk about a person and their films. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, are we talking Don Wilson? Don Wilson. Okay, Don Wilson. Yeah. I have very, very little to say about Don Wilson. It's just someone... I've never gone through a Don Wilson face. Me uh, either. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then we're in the same boat. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking them up on Letterboxd now. Let's see how many Don Wilson movies I've seen. I've seen two, five. Oh, five. Okay. Then you're way more uh, suited but to talk about him. There's maybe. a there's a footnote to that though, because okay. like three of them are Batman Forever, Say Anything, and Stealing Harvard, which are not really Don the Dragon Wilson movies. Okay, yeah, same. For me, like, the two that I've seen are Batman Forever and Say Anything. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen Virtual Combat and Out for Blood. Okay. And, yeah. There's definitely some movies uh, I want to see, but I just Mm -hmm. haven't gotten around to them. Like, Like, Virtual Combat is definitely a thing I've talked about before in an episode. Uh, I've never gotten into the Bloodfest movies, even though there's either, like yeah. eight or nine of them. Uh, <laughs> How of P- bloody is this fist? <laughs> Smell it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of PM movies as well, like Cyber Tracker, a um, mm. bunch of Corman stuff. I mean, there's definitely stuff on here, like looking at it, that I will watch. A movie with yeah. Roddy Piper called Terminal Rush. I feel Sweet. like that's Sounds a Damien Lee movie. Hold on. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, Damien Lee movie. I knew it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I can't really give a power ranking here. Okay, let's see. Batman Forever and Say Anything. Um, oh, man. it's It's been too long. I can't even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say anything. Yeah, Say Anything's great. I love Say Anything. I remember liking it when I saw yeah. it, but it's been like, I don't know, like 10, 15 years. And same mm-hmm. with Batman Forever. I haven't seen it since um i was a teenager probably Mm -hmm. so i I, and i don't even remember where don wilson appears in those movies me either it's probably like like uh probably one of the in batman forever hold on gang leader there you go that's what i figured (laughs) yeah (laughs) not even the name character so yeah i'll i'll tell you out for blood 1992 pretty good like mm-hmm. I think I gave it like three stars. That's okay. the movie where like his family is murdered and yeah. he's left for dead and he becomes this mysterious Avenger that everybody in the city calls the karate man. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's uh <laughs> it's pretty pretty entertaining. It's just, oh. you know. Oh, I will say one thing. Like I know Vinegar Syndrome is uh I don't think it's out yet, but they're putting out a movie called Whatever It Takes, uh late nineties, which has Don Wilson Andrew Dice Clay and Fred Williamson, oh. which looks pretty good to me. And just the yeah. fact that Vinegar is putting it out, I'm, I'm interested in checking that out. So that might be my first proper Don Wilson movie. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to see that too if they're putting it out. <laughs> yeah, because like Vinegar is paying at lip surface. I'm, I'm sort of like, hmm, okay, let, totally. Let's, let's see why they <laughs> uh, seem to think this is worth putting out. 
totally yeah um so that's don the dragon wilson thank you for the question uh was it uh stain stain yeah Thanks, yes Shane. so final question mark from two high labs check them out they are a uh, video game developer in japan mm. um he he requested us to talk about charles band and albert pyun yes. were they trapped in the schlock world or the best of their trade they both made two of my favorite movies and i believe they were two ahead of their time mm. um and i had a real reaction to this because okay i, I think there this this question to me is very like two sides okay of 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 a similar coin so like if you look at charles band's work i mean they were work they worked together as well yeah so totally Huh. And and so if you look at Charles Band's work as a producer, especially yeah. around like Empire and Wizard era, era, mm-hmm. era I would actually say that he was re- actually repeatedly, not just in this era, in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because Charles Band was always there to capitalize on like opportunity for lower budget movies. You yeah. know, like with yeah. Wizard, it was the burgeoning like rental market and same with Empire. Mm-hmm. And then was also in the right place again when Paramount gives him this amazing deal to distribute full moon pictures yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. on VHS and, and stuff to, to rental stores. Mm-hmm. So like, I think if anyone, he was someone who maybe flew too close to the sun because like <laughs> the paramount stuff ended bad. Cause he started cranking out garbage movies, yeah. you know, full yeah. moon was, you know, always had ver- varying quality of movies, but like <laughs> now he's making sure. like Corona zombies. Yeah. And, I know. and you I know. know, like it's like, all that's left now of Charles band is like the grifter. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was like part grifter part, like passion, you know, he's like, yeah. I got this, this group of filmmakers yeah. and they're all making different types of movies. There's ambition. And now I feel like the ambition and passion is a little bit gone and it's just like, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll redouble like, a movie or something. Yeah. It's like, he's just, uh, way more than Pyun has succumbed to like the, the cynicism of like, um yeah like he's a producer he's a money man now more than anything like mm-hmm. and in in the early parts of his career he was at least like directing stuff himself um look how good trancers is trancers is great trancers is yeah. so good it's so good and that's a movie he directed and uh wrote i believe but uh, I, w- I will say though like looking at movies i've seen uh that charles band has directed there's like 12 of them i've seen i i only really like the trancers movies uh like one two three i will say yeah uh and in terms of stuff he's directed uh produced there's way more but then again i've seen like more like 60 ish movies that he's produced Mm -hmm. uh which is quite a bit but there's some good stuff in there (laughs) man uh yeah some of my favorite movies uh stuff like terror vision and um and tourist trap i was just thinking about tourist trap today uh yeah yeah i love tourist trap yeah tourist is great um yeah I feel like um, Pyun is somebody who was treated poorly mm. in the 2000s. I feel like they got this yeah. reputation online in bad movie circles as being like, you know, if you see his name on a movie, it's going to be the most garbage of garbage. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. There were sites like Cold Fusion Video that just like put them up on a pedestal of like this is the worst of the worst i feel but like then, yeah he's just been like very misunderstood like even his yeah. old, older movies for a long time like even now i feel like they're misunderstood even though there's some like really i don't know he, he definitely has a vision like mm-hmm. as a creator and a, a very specific voice like you can't really compare an albert pune movie to anything else no it's, so yeah that's yeah i think and that's cool even as they got into the like you know 2000s mm-hmm. era like i i, I think they're are some examples of their movies just being really, really like cheap and quick or whatever. Like I know that sure. they made those movies with the, with rappers like ice T and Steve yeah, like they the, made like the, a, a trio of, yeah, you know, like a trilogy of, uh, yeah, really quick ones. Mm-hmm, and yeah. That maybe are some of the ones that are a little <laughs> bit on the side of, you know, mm-hmm. just whipping them out. But yeah. you, you, you watch one of their movies and there, there is always some, for the ones that I've seen anyway, like yeah. element of like passion uh-huh. and sure. ambition and, and even, yeah, I just do. I do think that they were somebody whose name was a little bit dragged through the mud Yeah, yeah, yeah. when it was a little less, you know, I don't know. When I look at band, I, I think of like just the, you know, the sleazy, like 
movie producer guy. And I look at Piano little, and I think yeah. like, you know, oh, here's a guy who wanted to make all these movies and and had, you know, big ambitions for them and sometimes succeeded and sometimes didn't, but was always given it. Like yeah. if, even if you look at something like Adrenaline 1996, which is this weird yeah, like, I've never seen vi- that. virus movie, mm-hmm. it's like shot so well. Mm-hmm. Or Oh Blast yeah, he, in 97. Yeah, he knows how to sh- like shoot a movie and he knows how to do action even if yeah. that's like not necessarily his forte and he's he's also like very um into like uh some of his movies have a very like music video quality to, to yeah. him. like you watch stuff like Vicious Lips uh, which is a movie that a lot of people do not like but I think that movie's like pretty cool actually. Um mm-hmm. or like Radioactive Dreams which has never gotten a release beyond VHS I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think there's a print uh, out there that think you so, can yeah. get your hands on, but there's, it's it's never been on DVD or Blu-ray. But that movie has so much ambition and uh, such an interesting tone, and yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, the '30s, but it's also the future and this post-apocalyptic thing. Um, but yeah, if if I mean, if you know, want to know more about Albert Pune, um, yeah, Justin the Clue wrote an entire book about him uh what's called like radioactive dreams the cinema of albert pune yeah yeah that's Um, what i wanted to make sure to bring that up yeah check that out definitely and especially if mark is listening who gave us this question if you Mm -hmm. love you know albert pune you should check uh justin DeClue's book out i'll put it in the show notes if i remember but yeah it's you know every single movie that that albert ever made is, Mm -hmm. is is discussed in this book so yeah 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 Yeah. and and justin is like just about one of the biggest uh albert pune fans i mean he watched i'm pretty sure all of his movies and research for doing this book so uh he he knows what he's talking about (laughs) yeah yeah so that's uh charles band and albert pune Mm, yeah so thank you for your questions remember to give us some questions on twitter in the notes you'll find our our accounts or you can go to crudbuddies.club and join the discord Mm -hmm. Um, but now let's do a quick uh, episode of the physical media corner Um, and so there's a couple here you don't go like jingle for this one I don't have oh man come on no (laughs) (laughs) that's cool that's cool (laughs) yeah I so there's a few here that I wanted to mention I know um, that there is a release for the Legend of the Stardust Brothers 1985 in the UK, but it's coming yeah. to North America from SRS Cinema That's scary. on 928. And That's I've great. never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, get it if you can. And it's yeah. not too expensive. Uh, there's there's like nothing like that movie. Well, there's some stuff like that movie, but that's such a small pool of like uh, all the movies you will see mentioned in, refer- uh, in reference to Legend of the Stardust Brothers is stuff like um, Phantom of the Paradise, Bill and Ted, Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then it sort of ends, you know, mm. like these very iconic sort of like musical, very visually um, interesting movies. Uh, but yeah, it's cool that it's uh, being released in the US now as well. Uh, I thought the third window, now third window is UK only, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the more eyes on that movie, the better. I say it's it's, <laughs> it's a, mas- a masterpiece. And nice, my opinion. Um, and then also, this one was completely new to me. Hmm. So, Future Video on ten five is putting out Sons of Steel nineteen eighty eight. Oh yeah, um, the Australian, which is one. an Australian film hmm. um, about like a time traveler going back in time to prevent something. And and I did see like a. <laughs> a mix of three to five star reviews on, on letterboxes. Apparently this okay. is pretty like campy yeah, exploitation. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in that, like hmm. on something like this, that only has like 70 views on letterbox. I'm like, Oh damn. Kind of, now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> I didn't know it was that low amount, uh, but yeah, I, I know this movie. I haven't seen it, but I know it cause yeah, see, okay. Some of my mutuals have watched it and given a pretty high yeah. um, rating. And I just know the, poster uh <laughs> yeah it's it's cool that this is coming out on blu-ray again i think this feels like one of those things that was maybe only out on vhs like don't quote me yeah. on it. i'm not entirely sure but because it's so like like you say 70 people have logged on the letterbox that that yeah. just instantly leads me to believe this has only been available on vhs until now 
Totally. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then I have a bunch of other stuff here, but I don't have a lot to say about it. The um, just them off. <laughs> yeah, Arrow is putting out a yellow edition Giallo Essentials, which mm. has uh, What Have They Done to Your Daughters, Torso, and Strip Nude for Your Killer. Three movies I've never seen. Same. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am always telling myself I need to watch more of those notable Giallos because oh, I've yeah. seen mostly just like big ones. I've seen some, yeah, same, but yeah. Not, a, not an expert. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like Italian exploitation cinema, but maybe haven't gone through a big Giallo phase yet. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'll um, say. <laughs> Arrow's also putting out my stepmother is an alien 1988, which <laughs> so sure. Weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Why not? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a movie that I saw Same. all the time in the, no, I saw the, the art all the time. Oh, have you never store, seen But it? I never rented it. Never. Oh, okay. It used to play on TV here a lot, I feel. Okay. So it, it was kind of impossible to avoid seeing it at one point. <laughs> and I've, I've definitely seen it. I, I, yeah. I also remember uh, how did this get made covering that movie like pretty oh, early really? on. And yeah, <laughs> that, that like made me think about that movie again. Like it, it had been like uh, erased from my mind. There's That's some weird funny. stuff in that one. I should watch it when it comes out. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Why not? I don't know if it's like ripe for cult rediscovery i, I was mm. definitely surprised when i saw that arrow yeah we're gonna yeah. put it out it's uh <laughs> yeah sure. uh and then uh kino lorber are putting out toby hooper's i'm dangerous tonight 1990 the oh really dress movie oh so i don't know about that one i've been meaning to see that Machinamic. yeah anthony perkins mm-hmm. T. wallace uh, so I, I've been kind of interested in seeing if yeah. that's any good or not. I, I had a little soft spot for spontaneous combustion. So, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I I'd remember like it, be it being just okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, don't, don't take my word for it. Just watch it. If it seems interesting <laughs> to you. Um, yeah. Okay. Toby Hooper is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's again, one of those directors. I like about half of the stuff I've seen mm-hmm. of him. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's all I got on I'm Dangerous Tonight. <laughs> that's all I got on physical media stuff. Cool. So okay. why don't we get into our recommendations corner where mm. we recommend all the latest crud. Crud! <laughs> so nice. we've been watching movies lately. Yeah. What have you been watching? I've been watching... Uh, well, I was saying before we started recording, so uh, I was staying in this cabin in the south of Belgium, mm-hmm. and it was like just... Uh, surrounded by forests and it was like really foggy and uh, Michelle was like let's watch some spooky movies okay uh, and again I mentioned on the previous episode I've just been watching a ton of like Barbara Stanwyck movies and she's been in some spooky movies as well like mm-hmm. um, uh, I watched a thriller called Jeopardy from okay. 1953 so that's like not a super super spooky movie but um i don't know like thriller i sort of like my following diet sort of comprises of like mm, 80 ish percent horror and i slip in some thrillers here and there yes absolutely uh uh, so yeah jeopardy is one it's it's like a very simple high concept short runtime it's like barely over an hour um so it's about the woman um who gets kidnapped when she goes to get help for her husband who's trapped on a beach um, with the tide coming in. So he's like slowly uh, nearing getting being drowned yeah. by the by the sea, basically. Plus this beach makes him so old. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what movie you're talking about. I haven't seen it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, uh, 1953, directed by John Sturgis, did a bunch of westerns. Um, Bad Day at Black Rock is another one I'd seen um, by them. Uh, But yeah, I I really found this one entertaining. Like uh, Barbara Stanwyck's character, um, she sort of gets treated like a dumb housewife by her husband in this one. Mm. Where, but it's it's in this like really weird oh shucks honey kind of way where neither of them get offended. It's like very fifties. Okay. uh family kind of thing like they, she's like um he says like you're prone to get hysterical and you're a bad driver but you have to go get help 
<laughs> I was like, okay, Jesus, this is so, yeah. this is so fifties. <laughs> yeah. um, you can't drive. You're hysterical. Yeah, exactly. You're so emotional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and especially for like a Barbara Stanwyck character, who's always like the opposite of this. I was like, oh, oh my God, this is too, this is almost like comical <laughs> the way this is so stereotypical and misogynistic. Um, but then when Barbara Stanwyck is like off on her own, um, basically she gets shit done uh, nice. in order to save her husband. And it's also like heavily implied in this movie that she, she uh, sleeps with some guy uh, she meets across uh, uh, when she's gone for help. Uh, like I said, she's, it says that she gets kidnapped. I guess it's that sort of like situation um, where, yeah, the guy has control over the situation. Um, yeah. It's not really like a kidnapping necessarily, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's very heavily implied that she sleeps with him just to get what she wants, like succeed in her mission of saving the husband from mm. imminent death. Um, which is also sort of where it's going for this little scandalous angle that a thriller <laughs> needs, but it, it, it is so underplayed. Uh, that is like almost even subtext, you know, like you don't really see anything, but the, the scene ends at at a point where you're like, oh, okay, so she slept with him, right? It's so, mm. it, it's pretty implied. Um, which sort of, how do I put this? Um, sort of made me, made me like the movie better than before, like with the stereotypical uh, housewife stupid little comments by that dumbass husband. I was like, oh, this, this movie, I don't know, what, what is this going for? Yeah. Um, but then Barbara Stanwyck does what she needs to do, what what, what needs to get done, and um, sort of like, uh, yeah, uh, proves that the husband is basically the, the helpless one who's just over there drowning, and she does what okay. needs to be done. Yeah. Um, which, which sort of made it cool. It, it, this, it's still sort of like this like borderline, almost like comical and little exploitation-y movie mm. but it is entertaining i will say that like it, it, it has issues but i thought it was pretty entertaining nice. um also because it's so short uh it's i love it, it. I, I think it's like an hour and seven minutes hell yeah so that's like perfect and it's yeah uh, even for like an early 50s movies that is pretty short like in, <laughs> in the 30s there's a lot of movies that are like barely over an hour yeah um yeah, this one is like, I mean, there, there's like no, um, nothing stopping you from putting on a one hour movie, really. Totally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's Jeopardy, 1953, directed by nice. John Sturgis. Uh, awesome. I like that one quite a bit. Pretty entertaining. Nice. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I got to I gotta watch some more old thrillers. Yeah. Mm, there's some good totally. stuff there. Crimey, thrillery stuff. Yeah. Like um, so I didn't watch an old thriller. I watched something from the 90s I've been meaning to see forever. Cast mm. a Deadly Spell from 1991. Oh, yeah. Directed by Martin Campbell. This mm -hmm. is a Fred Ward movie. Also has Julian Brown, uh, Julianne Moore and Clancy Brown, I should say. Mm. Um, yeah. And so this is like a take on the noir detective movie from HBO. It was like a made for HBO film. Oh, yeah. It's a made for TV I, movie. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's this like world of the 40s where there's detectives and everything hard boiled kind of noir hmm. stuff. But then also everybody ha can use magic. There's like black magic. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Um, so it's like. There's also like creatures and, you know, there's there's lots of just different fantastical things that pop up in a really fun way. Uh, Fred Ward plays a detective named Harry, uh, Harry Philip Lovecraft. Hmm. So you can kind of <laughs> it's pretty blatant. You know? I get it. <laughs> yeah. What they're what they're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's basically like this this uh, character uh, of Clancy Brown is trying to get back the ne Necronomicon, which has been stolen Classic. by somebody. Classic. <laughs> and Fred Ward sort of stumbles upon the, the plot, you yeah. know, after being hired um, to, to help find the book. And okay. so it, it's uh, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, Nice. But it's it's one of those movies where I loved so much about it that the few things that I didn't love about it were were such a bummer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, you told me about some of that stuff. 
Yeah, uh, like so it it has a lot of um it has a number of black characters, but um the the main one in the film is mm-hmm. like a, a like a witch okay. like who who practices voodoo and it's very like okay. stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. Like everything in this movie is playing on stereotypes like mm-hmm. the detective stereotype and the femme fatale stereotype, but mm-hmm it also has all these other black characters who are playing zombies. And so it does kind of feel like we mm. yikes the nineties, eh? a, <laughs> you okay, know, like yeah, yeah. a little bit, like they're all kind of sidelined and that kind of sucks. It's, and it's like they're going, it's the nineties, but this movie's taking place in the forties. So we can get away with this. Bullshit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's not cool. And there is also another character, um, that is like a cross dresser, mm-hmm. somebody kind of hiding themselves dressed up as a woman. And, okay. and I, I, I saw that and I was like, please don't go somewhere, you know, like uh-huh. super dated with this and, and where it goes is kind of dated and, and a little unfortunate, but I was almost a little thankful that they didn't just like, you okay. know, watch stuff like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, crocodile Dundee where like, there's oh, just geez, these, no. these jokes where it's like, mm-hmm. so brutally like offensive, like, uh, like, like he, like a. The nineties like were pretty out. bad in that respect. I feel like even just yeah, thinking about stuff like I loved growing up, like Ace Ventura, watching that yeah, now, it's yeah, like, like that. Yikes. Like that is so, so explicitly like disgusting uh-huh. that it's played for laughs. And in this movie, yeah. it's like pretty unfortunate. And and I'm not trying to like minimize it, but no, I no, was no. almost like, oh, I hope it's. I, I thought it was going to be worse. So. Okay, okay. But but it does drag it down just a little bit because every the rest of the movie is mm-hmm. just like a true delight of like cool. fun detective stuff and and creature effects. There's gremlins. There's like a big <laughs> like rock uh, gargoyle thing oh, that like, a like comes to life. Thing. And there's like fun kills. Like there's this dude who is Clancy Brown's henchman, mm-hmm. and he follows this guy and he kills him by like. Um, all these like sheets of paper start flying around the room and it paper cuts a guy to death. Oh, cool. And it's just like lots of fun stuff. So That's like nice. the things, yeah, the things that suck about this movie are very regrettable, but uh, ultimately I, I was able to just kind of, it, you know, look at it as a thing from the nineties. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they, the, I, you know, the tone and the, and the fun, like this is a perfect Halloween Sweet. movie. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. Sounds yeah. sounds like it had a high budget, like just like talking about like creatures and also the yeah. fact that it's a period piece, uh, yeah, kind of situation with like magic and sweet kills. Yeah, even though it's a TV movie, I know like there's like money at HBO, like especially in the nineties, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's yeah, it, it's, it looks great. It looks like they spent a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of special effects. Like it was getting compared to like. You know, what if Who Framed Roger Rabbit had like witches oh, and zombies and stuff? So it has that kind of vibe to it. Oh um, man, we were just yeah. talking about uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit the other day. I don't, I don't believe Michelle has seen it. And I was just like, I don't know. I was like reminded of a scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit because that's one of those movies I would watch over and over growing up. <laughs> uh, and it's been a while now since I've uh, rewatched it. So I want to, like, especially lately, like in this, like. Um, classic Hollywood kick I've been on just watching a bunch of like film noirs and stuff. And th- th- this movie as well, uh, cast of deadly spell sounds like way up my alley. Cause it mixes mm-hmm. two really cool worlds that I'm very, um, into. Yeah. yeah it's a good, uh, it's a good Halloween pick. Uh, mm, I think definitely it, gonna it's watch fairly it. crowd pleasing. Nice. Like I watched it with Emma and she was like, that was really fun. Nice. So, yeah, I think it's something you can put on with friends and be like, yeah, this is super entertaining. There, cool. There's one other thing about the movie that I don't like, but I can't say it because it involves the Spoiler. wrap of the movie. Okay, but, okay. But overall, what, there's a I wrap think, on the credits. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I wish <laughs> that, that'd be a five star. Then. <laughs> that, that would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, check out Cast a Deadly Spell from 1991 if you're looking for a goofy time. Nice. I will. Uh, yeah. Got it on my uh well, I have a copy, so I'll be watching yeah. it soon for sure. What what uh, what else are you going to talk about? Oh yeah, so a uh, second Barbara Stanwyck movie that I started watching uh, basically the same night uh, mm-hmm. in a cabin, because um, like we decided to watch a movie together, and actually the movie we watched together wasn't at Jeopardy. Like I I basically did three movies in a row that night, so. Mm. Uh, I think like when Michelle was like making food, I, I watched that Jeopardy one. Then we sat down, we watched Ghost of Frankenstein together. 
uh, one of the Frankenstein movies I hadn't seen yet. That was good. Uh, I always like a Frankenstein movie. Uh, and then, like, as a nightcap, I put on The Night Walker from 1964, which is a William Castle movie. And the last yeah. William Castle movie, the last, last horror movie by William Castle. Okay. Um, it's it, like, it's not hard horror, but like from this era, not a lot is, unless you're like talking Herschel Gordon Lewis or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely like thriller horror adjacent for sure. There's some like psychedelic, uh, imagery in this, uh, you know, if you've seen a William Castle movie, you sort of know what to expect, uh, as far as the tone goes as well. And the way they are B movies make them just feel more like horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the last horror movie by Castle I hadn't seen yet, and I thought it was great. Um, nice. I see it has like pretty positive-ish, uh, like a average rating on Letterboxd, but I, I liked it more than the average rating even. Maybe because, like, like I said, this is another Barbara Stanwyck movie. She's like closing in on 60 now, I believe, in 64. Uh, not working a lot of movies anymore at this point, at least. But I feel like William Castle as well. He was just like uh, providing these vehicles for his favorite actors mm. and actresses at one point because he did movies with Joan Crawford and Vincent Price. And I feel those are the actors that he grew up himself being a fan of. And then at one point, when those actors became easier to get for him, as like a B movie, uh, more of an, more of an entrepreneur and a, a, a gimmick artist and a director, uh, he became able to get those people. And mm. so he did one with Barbara Stanwyck in 64. Um, so this movie, uh, it's about, uh, a woman who is haunted by recurring nightmares, uh, which seemed to be instigated by her late husband who was supposedly killed in a fire. That's sort of the setup of the movie. Um, yeah. And if you've seen the William Castle movie, they all have gimmicks, usually. Like, pretty much all of them have one specific gimmick. Like, in The Tingler, you've got the... Um, uh, well, that, that wasn't in the, in the theaters. Like, the buzzers under, yeah. the, under, under the seats. And there's some, like, re- weird stuff with, like, color uh, that they do at one point as well. Uh, there's also, like, the interactive element that you're supposed to scream whenever the Tingler is, is on screen. <laughs> um yeah, and then Thirteen Ghosts has this like uh, viewer, the three D glasses kind of thing, yeah. where um, if you watch them in one color, you don't see ghosts, but if you watch them through <laughs> the other um, glass, you you do yeah. see the ghosts. So there's like two ways of watching a movie. Like Straight Jacket has Joan Crawford hitting people over the head with a axe. Yeah, with an axe. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there might be like a more explicit gimmick in that one but i can't really remember i it. feel like the gimmick is just you're gonna see decapitations <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know um but yeah this one this one is pretty like gimmick free there's no real anything that i can think of however i will say that for like a william castle movie without a gimmick this one was also penned by robert block by the way who did uh previously i think previously pretty sure with william castle uh homicidal which is basically a Psycho ripoff. And the writer of Psycho is, again, Robert Block. So mm. William Castle always wanted to just make basically Hitchcock movies. Um, Hitchcock was, yeah, the, his, was his the idol. The poster so. for that, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has it's like him a sitting in a, in a yeah, like yeah. chair. like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, big time. Totally. Um, so throughout his entire career, he was just like trying to live up to he just wanted to make Hitchcock kind of movies, like reach that level. And I feel like that was kind of unnecessary. Like I like Hitchcock. I don't love Hitchcock, but um, I prefer William Castle movies, but that's just like my, my <laughs> preference of just preferring hokey over mm-hmm. a movie that might uh, go for like, legit cinema but maybe doesn't really pull it off all of the time uh whereas a hokey like a b movie even if it fails like i'm like what can that movie fail at other than being not entertaining yeah so you know uh it's always uh, a thing in the back of my mind um 
but also this movie, The Nightwalker, like I said, it's about like a, a woman who has nightmares. It's about dreams. And uh, she's not just like haunted by recurring nightmares. There's like a figure in her nightmares who visits her and then she can't tell what is reality and what isn't reality mm. and stuff happens. I'm like, is this like a proto nightmare fatty kind of <laughs> situation? And it kind of is because there's also like a character with a burnt face from a fire <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, you've got like a, a, a movie with, it's also like a real uh, scream queen movie because like um, Stanwyck really commits to this one. Mm. Uh, she's like screaming her ass off in this movie and really bringing <laughs> her A game. Like this is a, like, like a major mainstream Hollywood movie or whatever. Um, so I thought that was cool. So you've got like a very committed Barbara Stanwyck. You've got the, nightmare fatty kind of concept you've got some really cool psychedelic visuals at the start um and just like in general like william castle's tone like the the, the tone of his movies uh i'm just way into that uh so that was pretty cool nice so yeah i really liked the night walker 1964 um I need to watch more Castle. Which Castle ones have you seen? I know you've I've seen, seen Straight, Straight Jacket. Jacket. That's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, Jesus. That's man. it. Man, you're in for such a treat. Like, even just like The Tingler, uh, yeah. House on Haunted Hill, um, Homicidal was actually pretty good as well. Like, for a psycho yeah. ripoff, that's, I, I, that's a pretty that, good movie. That caught my eye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember we watched that maybe last year. Uh, I remember Michelle liking it a lot too, like unexpectedly. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try and check out the Nightwalker this mm, year, mm. and maybe I'll get Homicidal, and maybe I'll get you know Tingler or yeah, see what tickles your fancy. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> there's like obviously not all of William Castle's movies are gonna be hits. There's some that yeah, I yeah. consider duds, but uh, I don't know. In general, I think he's just a very interesting filmmaker. Mm. Um, even if he's supposed to be like an entrepreneur before uh, an auteur or whatever, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't really, I don't really care. I just, I just really appreciate what he did. Like the last showman in cinema, uh, they call him. There's a really mm. good documentary on him as well, um, called like Spine Tingler, um, yada yada yada. Pretty long title. I remember uh, <laughs> that I watched that a couple of years ago. So. Um, but that one might be better to watch if you've already seen some William Castle stuff, maybe. I don't know. They use mm. a lot of clips of uh, of his movies in those. Like, nothing like really yeah. spoilery. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think uh, Castle is a really fascinating uh, person. And what he did in, like, B movies in the 60s, like, he's way less talked about than uh, someone mm. like Roger Corman, um, even Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Like, uh, he has his fans, for sure. But... Um, I don't know. I yeah, feel like I, I feel... more more people should watch William Castle movies. It's it's there's such a joy and such a like a childlike joy as well in his movies. And a lot yeah. of his movies he made uh, for the purpose of like luring children with these like high concept <laughs> pitches of uh, you know, uh, and not just children like everyone young at heart. Like mm-hmm. uh, you had to like. Uh, sign a clause that you could <laughs> get money if you survived the movie or something or if you or if you died you would get money yeah. your, your ticket back or some shit <laughs> yeah he would do all kinds of crazy shit and yeah you've seen matinee haven't you the joe Dante oh movie? yeah that one of my all-time favorites yeah same i love yeah. that movie and that that, that yeah. is basically a william, a william castle, castle yeah movie so um. i i i think castle gets talked about a lot but i do think that um more he it, needs it, more. it's one of, <laughs> it's one of those things like it when they come up, there's a bit, there's a very narrow focus. Mm. Like when, when castle comes up, you hear about house on haunted hill, 13 ghosts, you know, may, maybe a, a couple others, mm. but like even something like straight jacket, which isn't like the most obscure movie ever, you know, it mm. doesn't get a, a ton of, of discussion. No, um, obviously horror fans know it, but, but yeah, like, like you're saying, like there's a bunch of posters on there from that era uh-huh. just after the gimmicks yeah. where I'm like, oh, homicidal, that looks interesting. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the one, the one that you talked about, Nightwalker, that looks cool. So mm-hmm. there's still, you know, areas to discuss. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so for sure. Uh, I have like two Blu-ray collections that, uh, is it Indicator? Yeah, Indicator put that out in the UK, uh, which collects like 
10 or so William Castle movies, nice. but it, it's all from his time at Columbia. So um, House on Haunted Hill, for example, was an independent like Castle mm. that was like his own production. So that one is not included in the set. Uh, the Nightwalker is also not on the set, but otherwise you've got like the the major ones, I feel. Straight Jacket is on there. The Tingler is on nice. there. 13 Ghosts, uh, Homicidal as well. Um, it, so I don't know if... if if those kind of collections are available in, in the U S or Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least if you're in the UK, uh, and it used to be if you're in the UK or Europe, but now that shit became import as well. It became <laughs> very clear to me as well recently when I had to cancel an order because of fucking import tax. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, those sets are incredible. If you can still get them, definitely do. Um, nice. Yeah. Sweet. You Nightwalker got anything 1964. Else? Yes. One more Do for it. me. Go for it. Um, I've decided I got a sound effect for this because it, it comes up so often. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched a Gamera movie. So what's the sound effect? We got Gamera, Gamera screaming. That's some scary shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I watched Gamera 2, Attack of the Legion, 1996. Nice. Um, so I, I think I discussed previously watching the first Gamera of these this trilogy, 1995, yep. and, and having just a, a great time with it. And so I picked Gamera 2 for a Time Bandit screening. Nice. And uh, this movie is a whole lot of fun. I think I think sure they liked is. it just, just a little less than, than Gamera 95. Mm. Um I think I ended up knocking Gamera 95 up to four stars so I could rate this <laughs> three and a half because okay. it's just a little, a little less, uh, uh, you know, there's a little more cutting away from the action in this than, mm. than, you know, the pace might, uh, warrant, but in general, it's just, it's more awesome Gamera fights. It's more great miniature mm-hmm. effects sure is. um really fun, silly CGI, uh, <laughs> when they do pull it out, but they don't do it all the time so it's not overbearingly silly looking mm-hmm. um it it furthers the plot a little bit but just enough so in the first of these films there's a a young woman who is telepathically linked to gamera and and she comes yeah, back yeah, yeah. about uh a little bit later into the plot of this movie but two characters also return from the last one so mm-hmm. I, I i liked that they didn't pile on the like continuing drama you know yeah, yeah like it, it's not like okay like people that didn't see the first one like they you know all i had to say was like oh yeah that girl is from the last one <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. that was enough yeah yeah, yeah for sure and and i enjoyed the legion creatures so i guess this was like a new character a new villain that they made up for this movie yeah it's um, uh not one i remember in the show of gamera movies compared to the first one has uh gauss uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, an original. <laughs> yeah, and so it's basically like uh, there's this big monster, but then the monster also has all these tiny little like bug. Oh yeah, the bug that, ones. Yeah, the that like underground crawl dwellers. all over Gamera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty <laughs> like, neat. Creepy crawlies, mm-hmm. and that was really great. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I just think that these movies are such a great balance between feeling and looking like a blockbuster, yeah, 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 you know, big screen, you know, kind of adventure entertainment while, while also having the, the retaining the kind of fun, silly stuff of these movies, like little googly eyes and (laughs) just the the way that the creatures are and and the way that the Kaiju fight, Mm -hmm. like, like they never fully pull back to just like, here's that shot from the old Godzilla movies of them, like with some Hills running back and forth, fighting each other. But, but they, they, they retain that, you know, people in, in these, in these suits doing awesome fighting and Mm -hmm. falling into buildings and stuff Mm -hmm. in a way that still looks impressive. Like, yeah. Um, and that's, I feel like that's gotta, that gotta be hard to do, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot more time than just making it all in, in like computer effects. So but like one miscalculation of how these movies are shot and uh-huh. it turns into the, you know, the, the old 
the old sillier, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the cheesier uh, of these kinds of movies where, which is also good, it, which is also great, but, but it's this, different. these movies, yeah, these movies are just such a great balance. Yeah. Um, and, and people that were watching it in the chat were also kind of like, this movie looks like so much money. Like it looks like this, this is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like it, I, I always start thinking of like Jurassic park when I watch these movies, I think of like that, I like, get that big screen adventure mm-hmm. monster movie like obviously not to that level of polish but like <laughs> there's a scene in this where that like um what is it a subway crashes and they're like looking out and the little creatures are out there yeah, and there's yeah, just kind of a tax scene in there and yeah. it's just like such a fun like kind of freaky there was even one moment where something jumped up and it kind of got me as a jump scare <laughs> nice. and it's just kind of like has that like like kind of fun freaky monster adventure and it was perfect for halloween for Halloween viewing nice um and i gotta see the third one i know that the third one's from 99 yeah and i'm wondering if it maybe leans a little bit more on cgi because it's a few years later yeah yeah yeah, it does Uh, it definitely does like there's there's still the mix but i remember definitely leaning more into the cg cgi stuff but it's still good like i i have a hard time uh remembering and even categorizing those movies as like separate entries entries in my <laughs> mind like in my mind it's just like oh yeah the 90s gamera trilogy it's just like one yeah. continuous thing to me <laughs> yeah. um is gamera the brave 2006 a part of this or no no, no. okay it is not. it's listed that way on on letterbox and i was like what that that's probably just has to do with uh, the arrow thing the, the era in which it taking place because okay. it's still like in 2006 in the japanese like calendar it's still he- mm. heisei era okay uh that's that's the only reason i believe because like even if you go to like the godzilla collection that's also yeah. like split up into showa movies heisei mm. movies but then i do believe even for godzilla you've got like the millennium godzilla movies which millennium yeah. that, that isn't a thing in japan <laughs> like after heisei it's uh reiwa and oh. yeah so yeah Hays- i Hays- maybe it also long. just had to do with the fact that they were all put on that one box hmm. you know from arrow and that they maybe just imported them and were like these are all part of the same thing <laughs> so is it just like one collection like starting from the first camera to camera the brave or is it like are you talking about like the, the, the well they split it into two i think to, oh, okay. to sell them separately and i thought i think maybe 95 oh. 96 99 and 2006 are maybe all in the one oh the okay because uh yeah i guess just because the 2006 is like a standalone one and yeah. yeah, you can't split that up again, maybe. I don't know. Like, I have the big box that has just, that yeah. just has, has all of them. Um, Your answer is probably more accurate since it <laughs> is a named era in Japan. So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's probably. likely the case. <laughs> but this is like an entirely different team. Uh, the tone is very different. Like, it's more of a kid's movie, Gamera the Brave. Mm. And um, like it's not entirely meritless. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't like it much. I, I uh, definitely not on the level of these ones that you're watching. Yeah. If you're like a completionist in terms of Gamera, which, you know, uh, I, I love Gamera, so I've seen all of them. Um, then, yeah, sure. You can spend, uh, I, I believe, like 100 minutes, 110 minutes maybe on it. Yeah. But I will never watch that one again, I feel. Okay. Um, the, the director of this trilogy I saw mm-hmm. did make a movie in the Haunted School series do you you know much about that no i do intend to watch those like i have a copy of the first one that i intend to watch but yeah i I can't really say much about it i know our buddy adam did watch the first one and okay uh he really liked it yeah i just saw like the posters and i read the like synopsis of the first one yeah i was like oh this sounds fun yeah it sounds (laughs) fun yeah for sure yeah Uh, but yeah i'll I'll, I, i might get around to that as well this year following nice style Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we're at an hour. That is two picks from both of us, plus all of our other segments. So yep, yep. thank you for listening to another episode of Cream of the Crud. Don't forget to go to backdashroad.com where you can find our previous episode of Cream of the Crud. You can find Jenna's article, uh, a review of the film Too Soon, Comedy After 9-11. You can also find a article by me, 13 movies that you should watch for Halloween this year. Um, and more. You can also find the 
uh, notes from the back row episode. It was an interview with Emily and Kevin of Viva Physical Media and Scarecrow Video. Hmm. Lots of stuff for you to see on the website. Yep. New Hoser um, Horror as well. Uh, yep. Hoser Horror is is on the way. So check it out. And if you'd like to email us, it's backrowcineblog at gmail.com. You can find us at uh, Twitter and everywhere else, backrowcineblog. Carlo and I are on Letterboxd. I, you can just type in Dan Gorman. You can type in uh, Psycho Pike. Mm-hmm. Check us out there. And lots of links in the description below for our other places that you can find us. Um, bingo, bango. And just, just because I didn't get to use it because n- neither of us sweared much today. Watch the potty mouth, honey. <laughs> we get one of those. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. But otherwise, stay cruddy and uh, see you later, alligator. <laughs> Bye. Bye.